of facts to fight off the liberal gaslighting. You can be in the middle of a hurricane. You have sanctuary in the city of Chicago. Or you can be on a calm day. North is still north. You could be in a thunderstorm. I am angry. We are not going back. Not ever. North is still north. People can yell at you. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. North is still north. It doesn't change fundamental things. And in this business, right is still right, even if you stand by yourself. We don't get fooled again. No, no. Live across the fruited plain and from sea to shining sea, we are converting the Marxist left one hour at a time on the Wendy Bell radio program. Hey, 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 America and beyond the fruited plain. Welcome home to the Wendy Bell Radio Program. As always, thrilled to be with you behind the microphone, giving you what we believe is reasonable, rational, 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 common sense conservatism. We do it every single day, every weekday, three hours. Delighted that you have stumbled upon us or that we are appointment listening and watching for you. That means a lot. We got a big show today. We've got lots of sound, but it's it's all over the place sound that is going to make sense to you in a theme. And if we were to cause give a word to today's, I guess, idea, it's that of rejection. It's not I reject you, but more and more of us are rejecting the crazy that is being pushed out every single day. And I think it's really something to celebrate. And we're going to take some time and go through some examples of that. Also going to talk about last night's debate. I did not watch. I watched after the fact, cherry picked. I don't feel bad that I don't care. I mean, I care, but I don't care. And I think a lot of you are in the same situation. But I think we need to hear what these folks said because a lot has been exposed and continues to be, which is very exciting. So join with me. Welcome to the family. Delighted to be with you. Welcome home. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. It's going to seem odd for me to say that COVID had a positive benefit on us. And while we may never know if it was a lab leak mistake, or if, if, if it was actual warfare against us, we may never get the answer to that. But it did something pretty remarkable that I think we needed. And it was the moment in history and the response to it that awakened a lot of us and forced us off of cruise control to start paying attention. To really start listening. Because it takes time and investment to not just believe everything you hear. It takes time and investment to do your own research, to think critically. And COVID forced that upon us. We started to see people in different ways. And they probably conversely saw us the same way. It's sort of like going through your closets and getting rid of all this stuff that you haven't worn. In five years, there was a lot of housekeeping after COVID. 
Many of us reevaluated relationships. We started to pay closer attention to the people who ostensibly were elected to serve, to make decisions that were supposed to benefit us. And there was a big question that came up out of COVID that I think is super relevant. It's way germane really every single day. And I'm curious about this. Why is it that the people who so desperately want to be in control, who want us to vote for them, who want to be in these positions of power, why do they never ask us what we think? Instead of putting out messages about, well, Americans just don't understand Bidenomics. You're just not smart enough to understand what great things are going on in this country because of this president. That's the administration response when you say, it's the economy, stupid. And we're not doing well. And it's obvious. Why don't they ever say, what do you want? What do you think? What can we do that will help you? Because it's never about us. COVID showed us that. You know who also showed us that? Matt Gates. Kevin McCarthy is leaving as one of the main faces of Rhino Establishment Sock. He is leaving his job in government. Because of Matt Gates, because there was one person who stood up against all the other people in that chamber, against his own people, and said, no, no, I can't be bullied. No, I know what is right, and I know what you want is wrong. No, I will not vote the way you wish. What is going on here is wrong. And he opened the door to us so we could see. Admit it, now when you pay attention, you hear things in a different way. You hear the same talking heads speak, but what they're saying means something to us. And you're going to hear their voices today. None of them seem to know how to ask you what you want, what you need how you feel. And Matt Gates and COVID, I think, opened the door to all of this for us. Now, if you're with me, if you are as I am and you are aware and you have been for a while, I've passed over the anger. My hands used to shake. My jaw after the show, I'd get in my car and I have to rub my face because I was so tense, so frustrated. When you have clarity, when you can see people's true colors, there is a peace. And you become purposeful and you make purposeful decisions and you become a better parent and a better neighbor and friend. And I think we have a lot to be grateful for in that regard. But the voices you're going to hear today don't ever talk about we the people. And we the people have been beaten, we have been lied to and manipulated. We've had a proverbial gun held to our head. We've been forced to make decisions that never before we've had to make. 
and we see a darkness and we see a future that we don't want. And there are way more of us who do not want it than those who do. And their clone trooper army of activists who don't know any better because they've been programmed. I imagine being a Jew in this country right now is very complicated for no other reason than being a Jew, than being hated for what? And they're not, but a very ugly underbelly has been exposed the same way tyrannical dictatorial nonsense emerged out of COVID. The same way Matt Gates peeled back the curtain on the uniparty machine. This Democrat and Republican uniparty idea that never asks you your thoughts, your ideas, your plans. I'm grateful for that because we are armed and we are ready and we can see and we can act and we can protect our families. And that's the plan. And so I've decided, though I have been not in the holiday spirit as of late, that changes today. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to try to find a photo of my sons and I'm going to order only 25 cards, 25 photos of my children to send out to a very select small circle of people. The circle has gotten smaller. And that is a good thing. We have shed people in our lives who are bad for us, who have judged us mercilessly, who simply cannot be friends with us anymore because of the decisions we make or the people for whom we vote. And that's okay. We embrace that. And I encourage you to do something I do very commonly. When I'm frustrated, I go outside, whether my family is home or not, whether they're in bed and I'm awake or not. And I'll walk across the street and I'll look at my house. And then I'll walk up the driveway and I'll see the dents in the garage and the crack in the pane and glass on the garage door. The gutters and the downspouts that are smashed to oblivion from kickball and wiffle ball and hockey. And I'll walk down the walkway and I'll look in the window. And I see the photos and the memories and the people who matter. That is what this is all about yours as well. And that is the focus. They're not going to ask you what you want. They're not going to ask you what they should do. They're going to tell you how you should vote, though. And you're going to hear it coming up in just a few minutes. So listen, who represents your values? Who asks questions that need to be asked? And who parrots the talking points that are prevailing right now? Ah, being awake is a beautiful thing. We're back right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, so it's time to get into the nitty gritty. That was my emotional mom love heart going out to you there. I get it. 
stressful times. You know, this is not rocket science. There's a reason it's the economy, stupid, was so great because it's so obvious. And we're living in a time right now where you are being told that the obvious is actually not true, that you just don't understand. Did you hear about this? Ayanna Presley has been pushing this since 2019. She was hot and heavy in 2019, and she's dropped little nuggets of this along the way. The idea that 16-year-olds should be able to vote in this country is not about equality. It's not about opportunity. It's not about anything other than padding numbers that the Democrats are scared to death they don't have. They know they don't have. Look, every poll in the world can tell us that Joe Biden has something like 39 or 40 percent approval. I say that's complete hogwash. There's, there's just no way there are that many people who are still this far into this administration lying to themselves and to the people who are calling and taking their ideas. The pollsters. I just do not believe it. So she came out yesterday, Ayanna Presley did, Massachusetts representative, squad member, came out yesterday under the steps of the Capitol and held a press conference to further push this idea. Now, when you're going to sell something that's ridiculous, there's always got to be an emotional tug to smokescreen the reality that what you're proposing is idiotic. And so if you can wrap it in racism or sexism or, or equality or it's the right thing to do or everybody's doing it, it's for the greater good. If you can sell that, you can perhaps con enough people to go for it. You might be able to con enough people. Massachusetts Representative Squad Member Ayanna Presley held a press conference this week to announce that she is pushing to allow incarcerated persons and people as young as 16 to vote. Now, I don't mean to be mean, but if you break the law and you're in prison, I believe you forfeit your right to vote. Until you are a law-abiding citizen, until you have paid your debt to society, and we hope somehow, by the grace of God, somewhere in your incarceration, you find what you're lacking. And you come out rehabilitated, hopefully ready to be a productive member of society, which we know often does not happen, just sheer recidivism rates. I don't believe that you are entitled to the privilege of voting in this country. Ayanna Presley sees it differently. Of course, she's trying to make it look like she's doing something for incarcerated people and for the young. John Fetterman did this. He thought the, uh, the incarcerated, think about, you know, Shawshank Redemption. Did you, did you identify with Andy Dufresne? In that movie, wouldn't you think after 20 years he should be able to have served his debt and and walk out of prison and just be absolved of sin? Now, there's a lot of nuance in that suggestion. I think it's crazy. But that's for another day. Ayanna Presley simply needs numbers. She has been tasked by the Democrats to follow this path. This is your nugget. This is your baby. You're going to push it. And she has dutifully for coming up on five years. So we did some research. All right. So she wants 16-year-olds to vote. 16 and 17-year-olds. Why would you want to do that? Because you need a captive audience that you can easily indoctrinate, push down the Democrat ticket, vote your way, and hopefully make up for the awakened population that knows what you do is terrible. 
in this country right now, there are 4,187,874 16-year-olds. There are 4,164,893 17-year-olds. Add them together if Ayanna Presley gets her way, which is ludicrous. Completely ludicrous. We don't want to have guns until 21, but you want to vote? Fine. Please. Add them up, and that's 8.3 million potential voters that the Democrat Party still believes they have the rights to. Well, coming up in the show, you're going to hear full panic mode. And when CNN is the outfit that rides into the equation on the white horse to save the day, you know the situation is far worse than you might have imagined. I have no shortage. I think three or four audio sound bites today, specifically from CNN, pushing back against this Democrat Party. They're co- they're co- they're cooked, I should say. Toast cooked coast. Sorry. <laughs> and they know it. She's trying to make this look like she's doing something, Ayanna Presley, that is important for us to do. You know that it is not. Calling for allowing incarcerated citizens to vote in federal elections while referencing her support from permitting individuals as young as 16 years of age to cast a ballot. Making these comments yesterday while introducing legislation alongside Democrat (laughs) Vermont Senator Peter Welch that would restore felons voting rights. Again, why is it never about you? What do you want? Do you want felons voting? Do you think 16 and 17 year olds ought to have a say in what's going on? I can't even get mine to pick up their underwear or put down the seat. And we want to give them the right to vote. Every single thing they do is a con. There is a scam, there is a scheme, and there is a desired end goal. And it's not to do the job. It's not to lower taxes. It's not to make you feel more safe and secure. It's not to eliminate red tape. It's not to get rid of regulations that make everything that you do when they are in charge, more expensive and more inconvenient. It is never about you. It is about them. And people like Ayanna Presley thinks, think wrongly that they are part of them. She's not. She is as expendable as the rest of us because this global new liberal world order nonsense, the select few at the table all flew their private jets to Dubai earlier this week. That's, those are the people who believe that they should be able to dictate how you live your life. They're not interested in what you want. And you're going to hear that because they were on stage last night. We got some snippets and Megyn Kelly with the savage takedown opening. You got to hear it all. You will moments away on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Whether you watched the uh, GOP presidential, Republican presidential debate last night, four people, right? You have Vivek, Nikki, you've got DeSantis, you've got Chris Christie. I'm less interested in what they say. I'm more interested in what they don't say. A lot of people out there say Vivek Ramaswamy, watch out for him. He's a snake. He's an establishment. I have no idea what his connections are with anybody. 
at this point, what we can do is listen at face value and pay attention to what they're saying. So this was News Nation beating their chest. Oh, News Nation. They've got Liz Vargas. They've got some journalist from some publication and Megyn Kelly. They're going to be asking the questions. Now, I think debates are important. I do. And I, and I presume the last one, Donald Trump will probably show up. I don't know if they'll let him, if Ron and McDaniel will let him, because as of yet, he has not signed that pledge that says, I agree that whomever is selected to be the candidate, I will support. What a juvenile, young, young person demand. Like, who does that? Hey, all of you candidates, sign this pledge and promise, pinky swear. We're going to do a little blood swear, too. That's below where we are as a people. I think I am amazed every day at the decline in just our standards of living. It's, it's wholly unacceptable for the average American household to need 11,600 and change more today to live the same way that they did when Trump left office in January of 2021. And if we're just going to look at it as, at face value, money-wise, this is scary. And they want you afraid. The four people on stage last night have various ideas about America. I don't believe any of them actually thinks they're going to win. That would be farcical. Donald Trump's lead at this point is insurmountable, statistically speaking, unless something cataclysmic happens, God forbid. But Vivek Ramaswamy had some very interesting points last night. And we're going to start right away with Megyn Kelly out of the gates, the beginning. And she says this to Chris Christie. Basically, nobody likes you. Why are you still doing this? Is it in your best interest? Is it in America's best interest? Listen to her and then listen to his answer, which does not answer the question. Go. Even said that you got into this race just to stop President Trump. His approval rating with Republicans is currently at 81 percent. Yours is at 25. Your best state is New Hampshire. And even there, two thirds of GOP voters say they would be angry and disappointed if you won. Respectfully, Governor. You have not stopped, Mr. Trump, and voters may wonder how you could possibly become the nominee of a party that does not appear to like you very much. Yeah. Well, look, Megan, um, it's often very difficult to be the only person on the stage who's telling the truth and the only person who is taking on what needs to be taken on. I, I look at my watch now. We're 17 minutes into this debate, and except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. It's Trump's fault. Don't talk about me. Talk about Trump. He's a coward. He's afraid. And did you hear him belittle Megyn Kelly in the beginning? What you did, that little thing at the beginning? You see people's true colors when they don't think you're paying attention. But Chris Christie continues. So we followed yesterday the narrative that Trump is a threat. 
that he is unhinged, that he's crazy, that he's going to exact revenge, and that he'll be on a retribution tour the minute he starts as president, if reelected for a second term. Of course, this is predicated on his answer to a Sean Hannity question at his own town hall the other night, where Sean Hannity asks him, Mr. President, can you assure the American people that you're not going to be a dictator tyrant exacting revenge on your political enemies? And he quipped that he would not accept on day one when he'd begin drilling and start the border wall. That's what he said. And of course, that was enough fodder for everybody on the left and the uniparty hacks to run with the idea Trump the dictator, Trump the revengeful, vengeful man. Chris Christie showed his hand last night as he parroted that very narrative. Listen. Look, he's made it very clear. There's no mystery to what he wants to do. He started off his campaign by saying, I am your retribution. Eight years ago, he said, I am your voice. This is an angry, bitter man who now wants to be back as president because he wants to exact retribution on anyone who has disagreed with him, anyone who has tried to hold him to account for his own conduct. And every one of these policies that he's talking about are about pursuing a plan of retribution. Now, it's important that you heard that. Chris Christie is uniparty establishment swamp. For the five of you who were not fully aware and confirmed with that, it is now proven. It's important to hear that. Vivek Ramaswamy to Nikki Haley. Hey, Nikki, why is it that you are getting support from people who back this new liberal world order, who finance all things crazy, woke, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and ESG. Because if you're taking money from these people, we have questions about your alliances and allegiances. Is it we the people, or is it to those who don't support our values, but who oddly do support your candidacy? Listen. Nikki, you were bankrupt when you left the UN. After you left the U.N., you became a military contractor. You actually started joining service on the board of Boeing, whose back you scratched for a very long time, and then gave foreign multinational speeches like Hillary Clinton is. And now you're a multimillionaire. That math does not add up. It adds up to the fact that you are corrupt. And when I said they were bought and paid for, I meant the Republican establishment, not the Democratic establishment. Now you have Reid Hoffman, the person who's effectively George Soros Jr., funding lawsuits across this country against Donald Trump to keep him off the ballot, funding left-wing causes. We discover this week that he is one of Nikki Haley's largest supporters. Larry Fink, the king of the woke industrial complex, the ESG movement, the CEO of BlackRock, the most powerful company in the world, now supporting Nikki Haley. And to say that doesn't affect her is false because it's after that meeting later that day that she says that every American needs to be doxxed by having their ID, their government-issued ID, tied to what they say on the Internet. So I think that this is far more corrupt than I even imagined when I entered politics. Reid Hoffman, the guy in LinkedIn, obviously Larry Fink. Interesting things that Vivek Ramaswamy is bringing out. 
Now, Chris Christie is not done, though, ladies and gentlemen. He's he's not done hammering home the idea that Donald Trump is unelectable because he's a crazy dictator. Now, Chris Christie, you're obviously trying to get a job on CNN, maybe Fox. I don't know. You're trying to put yourself out there as the next Adam Kinzinger. I would have said Adam Kinzinger light, but that would be untrue. <laughs> Here's Chris Christie in his second audio soundbite warning you Trump is dangerous. Listen. So do I think he was kidding when he said he was a dictator? All you have to do is look at the history. Mm. And that's why failing to speak out against him, making excuses for him, pretending that somehow he's a victim, empowers him. You want to know why those poll numbers are where they are? Because folks like these three guys on the stage make it seem like his conduct is acceptable. Let me make it clear. His conduct is unacceptable. He's unfit. And be careful of what you're going to get. If you ever got another Donald Trump term, he's letting you know, I am your retribution. Give it a rest. Chris Christie, give it a rest. We see who you are and we thank you for showing us in such obvious true colors. Now, Vivek isn't done yet. He's a question for all three of the people. What's interesting is you almost hear very little from Ron DeSantis. Now, he did speak, and there were questions of him. They are very few and far between on the Twitter feeds and other social media feeds. He's almost a bystander on that stage. Nikki Haley is getting all of the barbs, basically, because she's pushing ahead. At least in South Carolina. It's her state. One would expect that. Vivek hammers, hammers, hammers. Christie comes to her defense and hammers Trump. There's Ron DeSantis. He's kind of standing there. And he looks awkward. He looks uncomfortable. He doesn't look like somebody who's breathing red, white, and blue, whose heart is pounding. Let's go save America. I've got a plan. But I want you to hear what Vivek asks of all three of his uh, running mates, or opponents, I should say, here on the stage. Very interesting give and go. Listen. With all three of my other colleagues on this debate stage, is all three of them have been licking Donald Trump's boots for years for money and endorsements. Ron DeSantis, you've been a great governor, but you would have never been one without actually begging Donald Trump for that endorsement. And you attacked him in your Nikki book Haley. a year ago. Same thing with Chris Christie as a lobbyist, begging them for COVID money for his special interests in New Jersey, prepping him for the debates last time around. These people are now Monday morning quarterbacking some decision he made. I think the real enemy is not Donald Trump. It's not even Joe Biden. It is the deep state that at least Donald Trump attempted to take on. And if you want somebody who's going to speak truth to power, then vote for somebody who's going to speak the truth to you. Why am I the only person on the stage, at least, who can say that January 6th now does look like it was an inside job? That the government lied to us for 20 years about Saudi Arabia's involvement in 9-11. That the great replacement theory is not some grand right-wing conspiracy theory, but a basic statement of the Democratic Party's platform that the 2020 election was indeed stolen by big tech, that the 2016 election, the one that Trump won for sure, was also one that was stolen from him by the national security establishment that actually put up the Trump-Russia collusion hoax that they knew was false. There's a reason why I'm the only person (laughs) on the stage who can say his That's it. That's what it's going to take, not people who were licking his boots one time and now Monday morning quarterbacking and criticizing him when it's convenient. Why do you need Donald Trump on the stage when you have his proxy there? Vivek Ramaswamy. And it's interesting that Donald Trump does not go after Vivek after the fact. 
It is so interesting to watch. Now, listen what we're going to have coming up after this break. NBC decides to go in and they do this watch party. Okay? It's like dancing with the stars. We're going to do this watch party. We're going to get 30 people together and we're going to make that our nightly coverage. We're going to make this our coverage of this debate. Wait until you hear the takeaway because they've got nothing and they know it. And so will you right after this on the Wendy Bell Radio Program. All right, so NBC has this watch party. It's like the Oscars now. <laughs> We're going to have a watch party. We're going to have a dinner party. We're going to go out to this reporter guy. Kristen Welker's in the studio. Boop, 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 boop. Okay, let's go down. Let's go down to the, the, you know, whatever the dining room is. And let's talk about what's happening. What does everybody there at the watch party think? Who did they give a thumbs up to? 30 people. This is N- this is NBC News. And this is what they get in their like quote straw poll of 30 people watching the debate last night. This is news. Go for it. What are they telling you? What did they <laughs> think of tonight's debate? Well, Kristen, getting a reaction from voters here in Atlanta was quite easy. They actually organized a straw poll on their own th- during the debate, and we're keeping track of their opinions. And by the end of the night, you had Vivek Ramaswamy out of this watch party of about 30 people getting five votes. You had Ron DeSantis getting two, both Nikki Haley and Chris Christie having a sole one vote. Um, and get this, former President Donald Trump, despite not being on the stage, got 18. So that's really <laughs> reflective of the vibe of the night here in Atlanta. But you don't have to take my word for it. A couple of attendees agree to stay after and give us their opinions and will i want to start with you there was a moment tonight that got a lot of people riled up what was the moment that caught your eye that left a mark on you uh what left the mark for me was uh nikki haley being called out uh for being the warmonger that she is at the same time uh Swami holding up a notepad saying nikki is a corrupt and that's going to be something that stands out uh really strongly in my mind and in the voters' mind. Uh, but they talked too much about Trump, a man that wasn't on the stage, but ruled the stage tonight. Yeah. 30 people. They're going to they're gonna go, and this is their straw poll. Four, five people liked Ramaswamy. <laughs> Two liked Christie and whatever, or DeSantis. And 18 liked Donald Trump. What are we doing? We're wasting time. We're wasting time. We're wasting energy. We're wasting RNC money. It's a waste. And it gets better. CNN to the rescue or not. Very intriguing when you start paying attention to these random acts of journalism. We told you several weeks ago it was clear that the media had been given the green light by the admin, by whomever the puppeteer is, whatever. Go ahead. You can start telling the truth about Joe Biden now. You can start telling the truth about Bidenomics. We need to start distancing ourselves from this guy. He's a dead weight. The legal things we could not stave off as much as the DOJ ran interference. We can't stop what's coming. So CNN does a poll. Two thirds of people disapprove of the economy and, of course, Joe Biden's fingerprints all over it. Listen to the give and go. Between Dana Bash and the guy David Chalian, who does his political polling, et cetera, et cetera. He's at the monitor, flailing his arms, pointing to it. Listen to what they say, go. 
We asked an open-ended question. What is the most important issue for Americans? And overwhelmingly, respondents in the poll say it's the economy. 42%, 12% say immigration, 10% foreign policy, partisanship and divisions in the country, 6%, 6% say guns and crime. So on issue number one of the economy, it's a pretty poor outlook from the American people. Only 29% assess current economic conditions as good. 71% say they are poor. I'll note that's a slight uptick from what we've seen before, but still, it's in the cellar in terms of uh, uh, positive uh, overall impressions of the economy. And his approval rating, the president's approval rating on the economy, Dana, is even worse than his overall approval rating. It's only at 33%, 67% disapprove. You are right. We saw on issues like abortion rights or voting rights and election integrity, that is, Democrats have an advantage on those issues, and they did turn out on those issues last year. So that is a good note. But I would just note on what voters say right now is the most important issue. He's got real trouble as well. And they're trying so hard with Bidenomics, spending a lot of money on it uh, to press the point that the economy is getting better and voters aren't buying it. It's like you have they're trying to tell people how to feel. And it doesn't always work. Right. Right now in our poll, we should see a 10-point advantage for Republicans on the issue of the economy. It doesn't work, she said. No kidding. Did you hear what they said nothing about? Nobody was talking about abortion. Nobody was talking about LGBTQ nonsense. That didn't even make it. It's the economy. I don't have money. I'm working and I'm treading water. I'm working extra. And I still can't make ends meet. There's no messaging in the world. There's no public service announcement. There's no speech. There's no tab in Curry and Jean-Pierre's little binder of prefabbed question and answers. Because you cannot tell people who know every day that today is worse than it was than when Donald Trump was president. And CNN gloves off. Everybody knows it. Now, later, we're going to talk more about black voters and the young voters. Dana Bash at that debate, CNN, is going to be talking later in the program about blacks and young voters leaving Joe Biden and the Democrat Party in droves. And you're going to hear a Biden spokesperson not going to say we're concerned about that. We care about what young voters think. We care about the black community and we're not reaching them. They're going to say we are going to drop millions and millions of dollars on a new messaging campaign. That's the insult. And that's why I started the show saying, why don't they ever ask you what you think and what you want? Because they don't care. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio program moments away Again, it's the messaging when the truth doesn't work. You're going to hear it next.